Welcome to Radiant Church Podcast. We want Jesus to be the message in everything we do. We are those who look to him. Now, here's David Perkins. Father, we thank you, Lord Jesus, for what you're doing. And God, we just say to you, Lord, come and have your way in us. God, we want to be your people authentically. We want to really be people that know you and walk with you. We want to really, God, uh, represent and demonstrate the life of Jesus, God, in our families and to our city. God, we want to care about what you care about. We want to care about those who are poor and needy, and we want to care about those who don't know you yet. And God, we ask that you would help us, Jesus. And God, even in these moments that we have together, we pray that we would walk out of here with more courage because we've been with the saints, God. We've hung out together and we've worshiped together. And we ask that you would do something supernatural in us, just far more than just a gathering, God. We ask, Lord, that, that because we gather, the saints, Lord, that we walk out of here with great fervor and great strength and great encouragement because God is among us. And so we ask now that you would give us revelation on your word. Uh, we pray, Lord Jesus, that we would uh, open up our hearts God, we just pray that any of the bitternesses or any of the tensions, God, any of the busyness that would keep us from really trying to hear from you today would just dissipate, Lord, and that we would really behold you and take a few moments to to listen and to gather in. We love you. And everybody said, amen. Amen. So my question is, have you ever had somebody steal something from you? Uh, Like literally just take it. Um, uh, I was looking and connecting with a friend recently on, he's one of those creatives and he's in his early 20s, probably mid 20s now. And I, I did his wedding a few years ago. His name's Carter and he's a super creative guy. And he posted on Facebook not too long ago about how someone literally just bashed in the window of his car and took all of his gear. And uh, you know, when you love a, a, a kid like that and he's just got married and he's trying to make life work and they're working two jobs, trying to just get things started. And you just look at that and kind of, kind of his business, you know, what he had been working toward is suddenly robbed. And you just kind of developed this, this, come on, this angst, this frustration, this irritation with whoever would do that. I don't know if you've experienced it. I don't know if you've ever had somebody cheat you, if you've ever had somebody steal something from you. We had uh, six weeks into our church launch here, we... Um, We'd been working on it and praying for it for years, and Renata and I had been dreaming about it, and we had a bunch of people that were excited to launch the church, and honestly, churches all over America gave in order to help launch Radiant Church, and six weeks in, Nathan calls me all calm and collective, as Nathan always is, you know, never gets too high or too low, just super calm, and he's like, hey man, I'm just headed over to look at the trailers, Uh, somebody broke in and stole, and I was like, what? You know, and I'm like freaking out. And I remember driving over there not knowing what had been stolen. And, and I just had this, this irritation, this anger, this frustration, like, man, that's not right. That's frustrating. And somebody wronged me. And I don't like that. And I don't know if you've ever not, maybe you felt cheated. Maybe you haven't necessarily felt cheated with money. But sometimes in America, we wouldn't think of thievery quite the way that maybe in this first century they would because, you know, we have insurance. And so some people be like, well, somebody stole something, but I got insurance. So it's all kind of okay. So imagine maybe, maybe it's not money. Maybe someone, maybe someone cheated you something else. Maybe somebody stole, 
Maybe somebody stole a, a close friend. Maybe somebody stole some influence. Maybe somebody took from you or cheated from you intellectual property or, or ministry that, that you felt was, was yours and somebody, somebody took something that messed up your life. Somebody snagged something from you. Then not only maybe a cheat, but imagine a traitor. Imagine somebody that, somebody that's like kind of betrayed you. Somebody that sided with the opposite people. And that's kind of the beginning of what these people would feel towards this, young, this guy, Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was, he was not only a tax collector, but he was the chief tax collector. And so Zacchaeus was a guy that, though he was a Jew, the Romans had come in and taken over. And so Zacchaeus, he, he says, okay, I'll, I'll make a deal with Rome and I'll go and I'll tax my own people. And so he's one of us, the Jews, but he's got a deal going with these people that have come over and, and taken over by force. And not only is he siding with them and a traitor, but man, he's coming and he's messing up my life because he's got heavy taxation. And so you're watching this, what Luke 19 describes as this little guy. I mean, he's this small, wee little man and he's, he's Zacchaeus and he's getting rich while you're trying to feed your family and you're trying to take care of your kids and you're watching him overtax you and your life gets harder as he gets more posh. And I don't know necessarily what wealth looks like in the first century, but whatever it is, his, his donkey is fatter, his, his food is better, his, his house is bigger, whatever it is, and, and your life gets, gets harder. And I, that, that's the dynamic that these people would have had towards this guy, Zacchaeus. And so that's the context here in Luke 19. And I want you to just kind of feel that. It's, it's so much more than a sweet little story about, you know, a nice little guy that climbed a tree. It's the story of this tax collector that was probably hated. Probably someone that they are pretty annoyed with. Imagine the person who's cheated you, the person that you feel like has betrayed you. Or, and that's kind of the angst that these people in Jericho might have felt towards guy Zacchaeus. Let's pick it up, Luke chapter 19. Jesus entered Jericho, which was a wealthy city, and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus, and he was a chief tax collector. So that means he was not only the tax collector, but in some kind of mechanism, the tax collectors would report to him. So probably he got a little bit of money from the other tax collectors, and he's the top chief tax collector, and so he's getting money off of everybody. And, and he was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was. But because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. And when Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down and at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and they began to mutter, he has gone to the guest of a sinner. There it is. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to him, look, Lord, here and now, I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. And Jesus said to him, today, salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. So much in this text, and I just want us to take these weeks leading up to Easter and look at the excellency of Jesus. Just want you to see Jesus, who he's, 
In Luke 15, we've got the story that Jesus tells parables about what God looks like. And God is the one who, kind of like a shepherd goes out and looks for the lost sheep and leaves the 99. He's kind of like that. Or kind of like the woman who goes out and loses the coin and looks diligently to find the coin. It's kind of like that. Or kind of like the father that rejoices over the lost son. And Jesus tells stories. And now yet again, he personifies the stories that he's told. And he's, everybody not just hears the parables, but as Jesus is walking through the city, he looks up and he sees Zacchaeus, the hated one, the one who's betrayed everybody, the guy who's probably one of the lowest in terms of people liking him. And Jesus looks up and it's kind of the first scene of this story where You've got the savior that sees a sinner and you've got Zacchaeus. And I don't know how you see Zacchaeus or if you picture yourself like Zacchaeus or if you kind of, how you, you would see yourself. But I just want you for a moment to imagine, put yourself in Zacchaeus's position. And here's Zacchaeus, verse five, Jesus sees him. And Zacchaeus has climbed this tree. And I just want you to imagine what Zacchaeus feels like when all of a sudden the Savior calls out his name. And we don't really know the reason. This text, Luke's the only one that records this story. So this text is all we have of this story. But it's interesting that Jesus calls out his name. Some commentators said, well, it's probably true that because Zacchaeus was so hated, everybody knew who Zacchaeus was, maybe. Or maybe, maybe Jesus is just Jesus and Jesus knows his name because he's Jesus. And if Jesus can call out Nathaniel in John 1, Jesus can call out Zacchaeus in Luke 19, and he just sees him and calls him by name. But I just want you to imagine if you're Zacchaeus, the Savior's coming by, there's all the stories about this rabbi from Galilee, and you climb the tree, and Jesus sees you. You're the one that probably was mocked when you were a child, if you're that small, I mean, most of the story is, um, by the way, I'm going through this whole story without making too many of these jokes about him being a wee little man. It's really hard not to because I am a Sunday school guy, but I'm trying so hard not to even sing the song. I am famous for singing songs. I'm not going to do it in this sermon. I've determined it's my go-to. I love to sing Sunday school songs. I'm not singing that song. Okay, but, oh, you want to sing it? Oh, you want to sing it? Maybe at the end. All right. It'll be the, (laughs) it'll be the come to Jesus moment. All right. But here's this, this guy, Zacchaeus, and I want you to put yourself in, in this position where suddenly Zacchaeus has Jesus look at him and, and call him. And so Zacchaeus probably hated, you know, people back because he was probably mocked as a kid. And you, we don't know that for sure, but, but most, if Jesus is recording the way that he was small and the way that actually he couldn't see over the crowds, most guesses is, is that he's not just kind of like, you know, a little bit short, but like really, really, really short. And, and, and Zacchaeus probably, we don't know all exactly what the backstory is because this is all that we have. But if you're, if you're really that short and then you're using status and money to try to dominate over people, no doubt about it, there's probably something inside him that says, hey, I've been rejected. And so I'm gonna get over the top. I, I, I might not have uh, friendships, but I will, I, will, I, will, I will affect you with the money that I'll collect from you. And he kind of probably is betraying some of the very people that potentially hurt him as he's growing up in Jericho and, and probably extremely small and, 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 and all of a sudden can use this Roman deal where he's on top now and he's got the power to pull money from you. And, 
And Jesus looks at Zacchaeus and he calls him by name. He gives him attention. And at the core, this is something that all of us want. At the core, man, it's kind of, we're made for relationship. And so at your core, there's this desire that will somebody kind of give me attention. And when the God of the ages is walking by and Jesus looks at the guy who's rejected by the culture and calls him by name, sees him and calls him by name, I just want you to lock in with this reality. No matter your story, no matter how rejected you feel, no matter how potentially lonely you feel, because my guess is that Zacchaeus was quite lonely. Can't prove that, but I would look at a guy who's willing to forgo friendships for money, willing to give up just good social life, friends, family. I'm going to get money. I'm going to betray them. I'm going to be on top. He's hated. He's isolated. I'll bet he's lonely. And Jesus looks at him and Jesus gives him attention. And Jesus looks at him. I just want you to know that wherever you're at today, Jesus sees you. I think some of us, we've got all the stories. I don't know why I got dealt this hand. And surely Zacchaeus is feeling that. I don't know why I ended up, you know, a good bit shorter than everybody else and kind of feeling like the Jericho misfit. But, but I feel that way and I'm going I'm to, I'm going to, I'm going to, if I, if I can do anything, I'm going to get some power and I'm going to get some money. And then only when we read this story, do we recognize that the money and the power didn't satisfy He's like, I'm going to leave my little toll booth. I'm going to leave my little, my little collections booth. I'm going I'm 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 to, I'm if Jesus is passing by, I'm going to see him. And Jesus sees him. And I just love that Jesus sees him. Because it's not just true for him, it's true for us. It's true that he sees you where you're at. And all of us are always kind of wanting attention. And we're kind of born with it. We, kind of, we, we, we want to be seen, right? My kids want it every day right? Like, daddy, daddy, watch. Watch what? Watch. I can swim fast. Daddy, watch. I can do a twirl. Hey, dad, watch this. I colored this. Watch, 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 watch. Why? They just, it's just something in them. It's just, uh, man, I just want your attention. I just, and all of us, we, we tend to want attention. If we can't, if we don't think we can get it from God, then hey, we'll get it from someone else and we'll just post, you know, like, here I am doing this, here I am, 17 selfies a day, hey, how many likes do I got? Somebody see me, notice me, don't you wanna be me? I mean, we've got like this, I want attention and I just think it's beautiful right here where you've got God incarnate, Jesus looks right at him and Jesus gives him attention. And I just wanna encourage you today, he's gonna give you attention. He's giving it to you right now. The question is not if he is, it's are you aware of it? And are you kind of pushing out the money and the power and the attention from other people so that you can just know that the Savior looks at you, the sinner, and gives you attention just like he gives Zacchaeus? And I want you today to just capture that. Just, he sees you. And my prayer is that not only do you capture that he sees me, but then you start to allow that graciousness, that attention that he gives you, where you start to intentionally give other people attention as you go through your day, as you look for the people that are the Zacchaeuses, the misfits. 
And sometimes when we read Bible stories, it's easy just to imagine, okay, well, you know, he's the, he's the misfit in the tree, and I, you know, my life doesn't really necessarily include that. My life involves my job, uh, where you work nine or ten hours a day, and, and, and maybe a, a Starbucks, and, and maybe uh, cleaning up the house at night, and making a meal, and so you just, you, but, but I, I want to encourage you to consider that in the midst of even your life in 21st century America, that there are Zacchaeuses around you, that because Christ has done a supernatural work in you and you are now the expression of him on planet earth, look for the Zacchaeuses. Like who are the misfits? Who are the people that if you'll give them attention the way that Jesus gave him attention, they will turn just like Zacchaeus turned. People in their darkest moment tend to be open to the good news more than people that have everything going their way. And so if you can be intentional about looking for the people that are at their darkest financial moment, people that are at their darkest social moment, people, and it's so fun just knowing so many of you and there's so many of the stories of, of how I see families in our church already demonstrating this, but look for them. Look for the, the Zacchaeuses, look for the misfits. I remember for me, one of the fun stories was when I was in high school and and there was a guy named Rick and Rick was, went to a high school across town. We went to the same church, he was a good friend of mine and, Rick was cool. Rick was uh, tall and good looking and he was real smart. Today he's a, he's a medical doctor and he's, he was popular. And, and there's this cool, so we had a little tiny youth group, about 30 or 40 people. And, and, and all of a sudden Rick started bringing this kid named Daryl. Daryl was kind of the opposite of Rick. Daryl was social outcast at that high school. And, and so Rick started bringing Daryl and the story was that Rick was a determined Christ follower and Rick had a group of kids that he sat with every day in high school at the cafeteria. He was one of the cool kids. He was, he was National Honor Society. He had things going for him. He was a good basketball player. And uh, he noticed Daryl sat alone every day. And Rick's Christ follower and Rick's suddenly got this tension about, man, I want to sit with my friends, but I can kind of tell that, man, maybe Jesus is inviting me to go sit with the misfit. And so the story is that Rick began just every day sitting with Daryl. And he sat with him the first time, and Daryl, to his shock, said, yeah, you can sit with me. And before too long, Daryl, who Daryl had just some challenges, he was, his hygiene was off, and he just he just didn't, he just, he just was, he was at the lowest of the social stratosphere at the high school. But it wasn't too long before then Daryl started to call Rick his best friend. And then Rick started to bring Daryl to church and then Daryl gave his life to Jesus. And, 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 and Rick, just through giving some attention to the misfit, was able to help Daryl step into the kingdom. And I just am hoping and just praying that we'll just, receive grace, attention to such a high level that we're on the lookout as well. That we can see the Zacchaeuses, you can see the misfits around you. But not only that, but then there's this epic part where Jesus actually goes to the misfits' house. He goes to Zacchaeus' house, which culturally in this day is, it's like partnership. It's like camaraderie. It's like, it's like we're friends. It's like we're close. I don't know what the people in the city would say when you see the guy who's the traitor, the guy who's t overtaxed you, and he's walking arm in arm, you know, to Zacchaeus' house. And you've got the Savior, the one that the crowds are, are wanting to see, and he seems to be amazing, and he's healing people, and 
big crowd saying, maybe he is who he says he is. And, and all of a sudden, he's walking to the house with the man in the lowest of society, the person that is the most hated. And Jesus goes, I'm going to your house. I'm going to hang with you. And I want us today just to imagine as you think about closeness with Christ and your own relationship, my prayer is that you would invite Jesus to be close to you right in the midst of whatever angst, anger, bitterness, sin, addiction, rage, fear you're going through right now. Because in the midst of this moment, Jesus doesn't wait a season for Zacchaeus to get all just right and then go to his house. He goes, Zacchaeus, hey man, I'm coming to your house, tax man, misfit, today. Like on this day, I'm coming to the house of the man at the bottom. And sometimes we think, man, Jesus will do life with me once I'm all cleaned up. Once I am disciplined enough, but I want you to see a Jesus that looks right at the midst of the broken man and goes, I'm coming to your house today. And Jesus, we read about in Revelation 3 where he says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone will open up the door, I want to eat with them. I want to sup with them. I want to dine with them. And so Zacchaeus' story is your story in that if you will just be willing in the midst of your chaos, Jesus, the Savior, the God of the ages isn't looking at you and saying, hey, get everything right, and then you're all right. But instead, he's saying, just open up the door. I'm coming to your house. My prayer is that, that every day you would start to lock in with that, and that would become a part of our story, that in the midst of my imperfections, the perfect Savior still wants to do life with me. And when you see Jesus like that, where he's entering into your house, even when you're broken, you'll start to reciprocate, reciprocate great love back towards the Savior. And I want you to see a couple more things, and that's this. That, so that was Jesus to Zacchaeus, the Savior to the sinner. Now I want you to look at the way that the sinner responds to the Savior. Kind of like scene two. Imagine Zacchaeus, who in verse three, three we read, is determined to see Jesus. Like determined. My prayer is that we get some of that. I mean, I, I'm sitting in this tax collector booth, and if Jesus is passing by, ha I'm going to see him. Like, I'm not going to be one of the people that the crowd and Jesus passes by, and history is being made, and I don't see him. Because you see Zacchaeus embrace what culturally would be awkward in order to see Jesus. It's a resolution. It's a determination inside him that says, I'm going to see him. I am determined. In first century Jericho, for a businessman to run ahead would be kind of like when Jesus told the story in Luke 15 about, about the father that runs to the son. It's like, that's, that's, that's not culturally acceptable. It's not dignified. And Zacchaeus says, I don't care about the dignity. I want to see the Savior. And then to climb a tree is like a whole nother level. That's what little kids do. And for the little guy to do what the little kids do, surely is kind of like, well, here goes. It's like getting the ice cream cone after work. You know, it's like, <sighs> but I, I'm going to embrace whatever awkwardness 
because I, I want, I've got, I'm determined, I'm desperate, I need, I, I want to see him. And my prayer is that, is that the greatness of Jesus, the Savior who's passing by, as we live out our lives, that truth would be true of us, where we would say, I'm determined every day. That's what we talked about last week. I'm determined that every day I want to behold this man, Jesus. Every, every day I want to see him and I'm going to figure out a way. And it might be culturally awkward. And what might be culturally accepted in my culture is to, hey, just get up and do the sports radio on the way to work and then just kind of do my eight to five and hang out a little bit at lunch and, and then just kind of, you know, make it and get home and just, 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 just barely make it, get enough entertainment, you know, at night because I'm so tired because of the day's work and just kind of be done. And it might be a little bit culturally awkward. It might be a little bit hard to have this resolution that says, as for me, I am going to see Jesus. And I'm going to embrace whatever awkward processes, if it's getting up earlier, if it's feeding the poor, if it's discipling my kids, if it, whatever it looks like. But I am determined that my life is going to be close to Jesus and I'm going to look like Jesus to my world. And I want to tell you, to a culture that might look like, man, why don't you just do what we're doing? We're just watching Jesus go by. But like Zacchaeus, he's kind of, I'm, I'm going to go see him. I, I, if Jesus is passing by the resolution, I'm going to see him. And you know, you've got this brief life, 70, 80, 90 years. It's a mere breath. But maybe this resolution in us, I'm going to see him. And I don't know exactly how it works out. I don't know exactly how this story would work out, but I, I just was thinking about, what, I, wonder, I wonder if Zacchaeus had never climbed the tree, would, would there be the dialogue? Would Jesus come to the house? Or is it the very fact that Zacchaeus stepped out of the parade, stepped out of the crowd, that Jesus then saw him and said, I'm coming to your house. We find all throughout the gospels, these stories where it's the broken outsiders that are so needing Jesus, wanting Jesus, that do something, that somehow come after him, that Jesus goes, great, who touched me? Oh, great, who's crying out? You can see. And we've got these stories where it's these people that are so broken and they so need him that Jesus goes, that's what I'm looking for. And so in the midst of your busy life, get a vision. Now, I'm gonna, I'm gonna see him. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to draw close, and that's why, that's why every week, we've just decided, we're, we want to we see this church be a praying church. We want to build this thing on prayer, and so every Wednesday night, it's just like we're crying out to God. We're just, we're just climbing the tree. We're just saying, Jesus, hey, we probably got a good few decades before, you know, we're all a lot older, and this is a brand new baby church, but Jesus, we're, we want to see you, and this is about you, and and obviously, it'd be easy to just kind of, so we're already trying to do a lot, do the extra prayer meeting seems kind of like a lot, but it's just this, honestly, this, this angst, this desire, this need, this holy desperation, this want that says, I want to see him. And that's my prayer that you would get that more and more inside of your heart that goes, I just, I just, I just can't be a part of the crowd. I've got to climb the tree. I've got to see him. And it'll interrupt the way that people see you. It'll interrupt your comfort. I can promise you the little man climbing the tree felt socially weird and awkward. But I think it's pretty amazing for Zacchaeus when the Savior sees him and then says, and I'm coming to your house. 
And then I want you to just see, and I'll close with this, Zacchaeus' response, because he calls him Lord. Right there in the text, he says, Lord. It's this, boom, it's this quick response. So in this context, Caesar is not Lord, you're Lord. Whew. And then followed up with action, a testimony. We read about the rich young ruler, the rich young ruler that said, I'll give lip service. But then Jesus said, okay, now give everything that you have. And he walked away sad because he couldn't let go of that. And undoubtedly, this money thing was a deal for Zacchaeus. Because Zacchaeus was rich, text says it. And Zacchaeus had probably given up his friendships for money. And Zacchaeus had probably given up a lot. Honestly, not just friendships, but reputation. Because he really liked this, this money thing. But when, but when the Savior recognizes him, when the Savior sees him, all of a sudden, a new identity kind of forms. And he's like, well, if I'm doing life with Jesus, if Jesus knows my name, if Jesus is coming to my house, quick change. And then he responds differently than the rich young ruler because he says, tell you what, Jesus, I'll give away half my, my net worth. I'll let it go. Gone. And anybody that I have cheated, I'll give back four times. Well, if you're the chief tax collector and you're giving back four times the amount that you've cheated people, plus half your net worth, Zacchaeus kind of looks like the rich young ruler that said yes. Kind of looks like the rich man that said, it's all yours. You're Lord, not Caesar. You're Jesus. So his testimony backs up his verbal statement. His testimony, I repent. I'm gonna do life different. And I'm gonna give. And my prayer for us is that, is that we would possess the weightiness of who Jesus is. So man, we'd love to come in here and we'd love to say, Lord. And then our lives look like we are the misfit, the broken person that says, you saved me. I don't want money to have its hold on me. I don't, I don't, I, 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 I'm just gonna forgive everybody that's made fun of me and I'm just gonna go bring restitution. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna give away half my wealth. That's just this expression of response to Jesus, you're so great. I don't need to cling on to the trappings of Jericho. No, I, this is the day that marks my life, the day that Jesus came to my house. And, and so I don't know where you're at today. I don't know if you're 25 or 45 or 85. But I think all of us can look at a Jesus who has changed us. I think it's easy for us to look at salvation and just forget the greatness of who we would be if it wasn't for Jesus changing us. We'd probably just end up thinking about money and influence and retirement and comfort and making sure we can get enough recreation in life. And this response of Zacchaeus, church tradition says that Zacchaeus 
became an influencer in the city. He stayed a Christ follower. And I just love that it changed in a day, in a moment. Have you ever met someone that just in a moment said, yeah, not my way, but your way. And then you just saw their testimony for decades that was, Jesus changed me. He saved me. He saved a wretch like me. It's Zacchaeus' story. It's my story. It's your story. I don't care. I don't care how long you've been the Christ follower. Jesus, man, he called you out by name. He saved you. And he's so awesome. And my prayer is that we wouldn't lose that, that that would be fresh again. It'd be fresh. I'm a sinner saved by grace. The kindness of Jesus. He called me out. He knew me by name. He's dining with me. It doesn't matter what other people think about me. It doesn't matter how much I have. All that I, I'm selling the field. I'm giving up half. Four times. It's Because it's you. And I want to be right with you. So I would like us just to fix our eyes on Jesus. Just let the greatness of Jesus hit your heart again today. He really is better than we can imagine. He really did save you from the muck and misery of making money and power and greed. Father, we just, as your people, we just today, man, we just say, let this be fresh to us. This amazing grace, this amazing kindness. And Jesus, we just ask that we would demonstrate to others the kindness that you've given to us. We pray that we would never lose the awe and the wonder of what it means that you saved a wretch like me, a broken misfit, hurting person and that you became my testimony and you became my story Jesus we just ask let it be fresh today let the good news of the gospel refresh us today and let us be heralders and proclaimers and God may we not get into this kind of comfortable routine where we just leave Jesus out we just kind of do our lives and give lip service man we want to but the way we live our lives to embody, he is awesome. He is worth giving up my time and my affections, my life, my relationships, my everything. We love you today, God. If you're here today and you haven't decided to follow Jesus, but today you just want to say, hey, uh, his kindness, the kindness of the Savior, I am a sinner. Kind of like Zacchaeus was the sinner that did dinner with Jesus. He was like, I want to, I want to dine with him. I want to, I want to, I, I want the Savior to save this sinner. It's all about me. If that's you, I just want you to pray this prayer with me. Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. And I confess I've lived for other things, God. I've lived for me. I've lived for money. I've lived for comfort live for fame but I just recognize today you are the Lord you are the Savior you are worth following 
So I turn from my current ways and I choose to go your way. Save me. I want to spend eternity with you. Break me, set me free from these addictions. I want to do life with you, God. I don't want to do this on my own. I don't want to be the Lord of my life. I want you to be the Lord of my life. And just like Zacchaeus, I call you Lord, boss, king, number one, first place, leader in my life. I give you my life today. I want to spend eternity with you. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Amen. Can we give those guys a big hand? That's really cool. I don't know if you prayed that, but cool. And if you prayed that today, I'd like to invite you just on the connection card that was on your seat. Just let me know that. I'll email you this week. We want to help you and get you connected. Other new believers, people that can help disciple you and help you. Sorry I started praying so fast in a repetitive prayer. I, I forgot that I was, you were repeating it. I just started praying fast. Um, my bad. Let's stand, let's worship Jesus together. I want to invite the ushers to come. As we give, let's just worship. Just picture the good God who sent his son Jesus. Jesus embodied what God is like. And he's the Jesus that loves you. He's the Jesus that sees you. He's the Jesus that's coming to your house. He's the Jesus that saves you. Man, he's worth singing about. He's worth talking about. He's better, he's better than everything that Kansas City has to offer. He's better than anything that America has to offer. This is not a game. You know, it's like, man, he's awesome. Let's, let's worship a little bit. Thanks again for listening. To learn more and to join our Radiant family, check us out on social media and online at RadiantChurchKC.com.